Hi and welcome to the Corporate Life Podcast. My name is Hina Siddiqui and I loved and hated my corporate jobs for years. This podcast is going to empower you to go high on your career without losing yourself. I invite you to join me each week as you will hear real cool stories of the real cool corporate people doing real things in the corporate world and their experiences and advice can change your story too. Hey, this is Hina Siddiqui and you are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast. Today, I have someone with me whose work I truly admire. We recently had a conversation and I felt he can add immense value to the lives of our listeners. So I have Jonathan McDonald on the other side of Zoom, who I would soon start chatting with. Jonathan is the Chief Executive Officer at Potency World. He's also the co-founder of Social Me Too. We are soon going to hear from him about this. Jonathan started in sales for Yellow Pages in 1994. He suffered motorcycle injury in 1996 and tried to continue in sales using early laptop adoption for sales. He has worked in several corporate roles in sales and coaching. And I'm super eager to begin chatting with Jonathan now. And I ask a few questions that I'm really curious about. Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm all the better for speaking to you. Thank you for having me on your great show. Lovely to have you here. Uh, Before I ask you about your journey, Jonathan, I really want to hear from you more uh, uh, about this phrase that you sent me in your bio. Uh, You said, only recently have I understood I am a disruptor with my dyslexic brain. I see any issue multi-perspectively. So Mm. you Swiss cheese to me. And this is pretty interesting. Just tell me a little more about that. Okay, so it's quite difficult to do without visuals because it's about visual thinking. But throughout my life, when anything happens in the environment, I'm like, okay, well, let's try this or this or this or this or this or that or this or that or this or or that or that or this or that or this. And I just assumed that was how people thought. Now, I come from, I was adopted, but my family are all super educated through traditional education, whereas I didn't even pass so the high school in the in in england is called a gcse i failed my gcse english couldn't spell couldn't punctuate not not for grammar not for muck not for anything i had always been entrepreneurial starting a business at like eight washing cars and it was only which is a much longer story but it was only because i was trying to teach obviously dyslexic children how to spell that I read a book called uh, Bridges to Success um, about visual spelling. And while I was reading through that book, a few quotes from uh, customers of this lady, Olive Hickmott, were describing their lived experience. And I had at the same time, or in the year or so prior, no, actually in the three years prior to reading that book, I had been writing my own book. And in my own book, I'm describing the inside of my mind, how my thinking works, because I'm trying to refine what I do to make the results happen the way they do, because I glide through the world 
And honestly, at worst, no, at worst, worst is probably injury or death. At worst, things are a minor irritation to me, requiring maybe the acquisition of a new skill that I don't currently have. That's the worst it gets. So people are like, oh, this, oh, that, oh, 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 oh. Um, there's a lot of uh, talk of the cost of living crisis. And for families in, in um, like the UK and stuff like that, where it, it's, it's a, a different standard of living, they are, there are families that are truly suffering. I live on my own. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so I won't turn the heating on. And what I'll do is I'll wear thermal underwear to bed worked a treat haven't had the heating on all year so i think okay well electricity okay what do i what can i turn off at the plug to not use it unless i'm using it so i turn things off at the plug so basically this multi-perspective i have described myself as like a virus in that i'm continuously i'm doing this thing in my hand with my hand at the moment like holding it like a claw and going round and trying to pick it up from different angles Mm -hmm. so that's how my mind is and that is exactly what was written in this book about dyslexic people they go i see the world from multi-perspectives in fact if you'll give me a license i'll just quickly read you um from the gift of dyslexia the book the mental function that causes dyslexia is a gift in the truest sense of the word, a natural ability, a talent. It is something special that enhances the individual. Dyslexics don't all develop the same gifts, but they do have certain mental functions in common. Here are the basic abilities all dyslexics share. They can utilize the brain's ability to alter and create perception, the primary ability. They're highly aware of the environment. They're more curious than average. They think mainly in pictures instead of words. They're highly intuitive and insightful. They think and perceive multidimensionally using all the senses. They can experience thought as reality, and they have vivid imaginations. Now, I bought that book after writing that thing about the world being multi-perspective, and I went, ah! So I am continuously amused walking through the world now that whilst I've always thought of myself as being intellectually not that strong in comparison, I'm actually a lot more creative than I gave myself credit for, I think is. I totally agree with that. This is such a gift because normally uh, we like we have been conditioned to use our minds in such a way that mm-hmm. uh, like I think we hardly are using our minds and our minds are using us more than we are using our minds. So I would agree with that. This is such a such a, you know, it's it's a great disability of the human mind that, you know, we are using it in a way which is actually not serving us. So this is such mm. a gift that you have been given. And, and I really find that in, in your posts, in your content that you create on LinkedIn, that it's such so, so insightful and creative. And I totally agree with you what you, what you just said. Thank you very much. So your corporate job frustrates you almost every day. You want to quit, but that does not look like an option. Why? Because you have bills to pay, plus a few other social and mental obligations. This whole corporate career feels like a trap. 
I know because I have been there for ages, hating every bit of my corporate job. Now, a million dollar question is, is there a way out? Yes, and I have figured that out for you. I'm not here to give you a pep talk. All I want to give you is a rock solid game plan to start your own unique journey of corporate superstardom. So who's a corporate superstar? The one who climbs the corporate ladder super fast, who earns huge money, who gets all the acknowledgement and appreciation of bosses and colleagues, who performs like a star and gets chased by the best employers, and all that while enjoying their job. Is it possible? I know it's hard to believe for most of you logical brains. That's why I'm inviting you to my next free live event where I'm going to share with you the entire game plan. Find the link on the episode page and register for my next live event. I want to see you live and I also want to see you at the top of your game. All right, Jonathan, how was your corporate life journey? Uh, what led you to what you are doing today? So basically, uh, the first, I had a couple of, so the thing about uh, failing English. So I left school, I'm a high school dropout. And my uh, mother was working with a youth scheme at the time, got me into jobs. So I basically did sales jobs. And when you're dyslexic, you have to develop your other skills. And so my interpersonal skills, communication skills are enhanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did these various sales jobs and I wanted to buy a motorbike. So I applied for a job with Yellow Pages Sales Limited, the old phone book directories. Obviously, this is pre-internet. And I started in them as sales, but I, I was the youngest salesperson employed by them in the role that I was doing um that was the first so yellow pages had a 96 percent market share of all classified advertising so although the company was only five thousand people it was hugely influential um So I joined them as sales and then bought my motorcycle. And two years after that, had an accident on that motorcycle. And uh, after dying three times at the road, I was left with a severe spinal cord injury and I can't use my right arm. Uh, In fact, the whole right side of my upper body uh, is uh, infunctional, unfunctional, functionless, whatever. It doesn't work. Um, and that thing about working with a laptop, that was the reason because I couldn't write because it's my right arm that had been, um, made paralyzed. So tried to do the sales job, couldn't do that. So then I started in this journey, which is only afterwards I realized the benefit of it. So I went from being a sales representative to being an initial sales trainer at head office so I was training new recruits in the yellow pages way then I went from there uh, I was on that for a 12 months uh, 12 months comment I think 12 months a comment and then I um, got a role in the change management group so the 
group that was organizing the automation, the laptop that I tried to use, because I'd used it in the field and they were trying to roll it out to people in the field, they needed people like me. The irony is not lost on me. And so I joined that group and they trained me in NLP. And there's a famous, I don't know if it's famous, there's a book called Who Moved My Cheese mm -hmm. about who you blame and what responsibility you take. That's, that's and a great book. It is a great book, isn't it? Uh, so I was in change management and I was mainly tasked with communicating across different silos because obviously it's still the case today that we have silos of expertise that quite often, certainly more in legacy companies, fail to communicate with their colleagues. And it's the communication that, makes change happen or not you can buy all the software and systems but if you can't communicate and bring people along with you your change will fail and many a big change has failed Absolutely. for exactly that reason yeah so i'm in change management i do that role for two years as they roll out computers then i was picked up to be a multi-product coach so i'd only ever sold yellow pages but the company had its yellow yell data it was called so mailing lists and that sort of stuff um there was a product called the phone book uh there was a product called talking pages telephone directory thing um and there was there was the beginning of an internet offering none of which i'd sold but I knew how to sell the Yellow Pages way. So I coached teams in three different areas across those four products. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was made national coach, national multi. It's a bit because my memory is not all that. At some point, I ended up in Birmingham um, working with their new media team and simultaneously working with national accounts, which is why it's a bit blurry. Basically, um, I sort of I was pushed into all these different areas because people could see how well I got on with mm. people. And that, uh, look, NLP, number one, rapport you build rapport you can achieve anything right and that's how my you know what i was saying earlier that's how my life has been i always seek to understand there is a phrase seek to be understood um no seek to understand then seek to be understood yes. i've been like that before i'd read the phrase mm -hmm. um so yeah multi-product coaches national coaches blah 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 um, and then I was working in the marketing services group that produced sales material for salespeople, and I worked in them. They paid for my Chartered Institute in Marketing diploma um, and while I was working with them because I, I was – so they produced stuff for sales. I was their only – in fact – on a floor of about 50, no, maybe about 80 specialist marketing people, mm -hmm. not a single one of them had sold Yellow Pages. Oh. So 
I was quite valuable. Uh, and I did that until uh, the company was going through massive change. So my, this was, blimey, when was this? This would be uh, about three-ish. Um, was going through massive change because the internet was well-established and paper books were going down the toilet and that was where all their money came from. Uh, they'd bought in some new leadership from other companies and I had at the time fallen over, broken my left wrist, so I had no arms at all. It took 16 weeks for that to heal. Uh, during that time, the team I used to work with had been replaced uh, by a manager from um, a telecommunications company. Uh, there was a, um, uh, a to-do about my appraisal, and I ultimately we came to an arrangement they paid me for garden leave for a year and then they gave me a sum of money and a car and stuff like that mm -hmm. um on the basis that they couldn't offer work for my disability any longer um and then a year after that they laid off half their staff and a year after that, they went bust with two billion pounds worth of debt. Oh. So in that context, I was quite lucky. How, how did you get to do like your social media movement? What led you start that? So uh, basically, um, uh, a meeting I'd had at Yellow Pages before, I, before we had that um, agreement mm -hmm. i came out of that meeting and all of a sudden the room went white and i was giddy on my feet i sat down put my head in my hands and like half an hour or so po passed and i was all, i was all right again turns mm -hmm. out that was the first of uh five mini strokes that i had mm -hmm. and between 2003 and 2006 i had five then uh august 2006 had my big one um fell down on the driveway i was at, i did hospital radio at the time fell down on the driveway of my house um completely paralyzed i i managed to drag myself inside and um lucky basically that I was able to make contact i wasn't speaking i was like going at the time but i thought that i'd said something to my dad and he knew there was a problem and i also phoned the hospital radio team to say i wasn't going to come in but i was going duh, 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 duh. so they knew it was a problem and the police broke my door in and uh that's the only reason i'm alive that time around and between 2007 so basically i've lost two there's two arteries in the back of your neck called the vertebral arteries and they feed the base of the brain which is your autonomic heart and lung function and um, they had been completely blocked and so each time i'd had those like uh, episodes of the mini strokes it had been because my heart had stopped beating temporarily um so uh they do an angiogram on me i look at where this blockage and the only reason I'm still alive is obviously during maybe the second mini stroke, my brain started to grow a tiny, weeny little blood vessel around the blockage. So there's these two tiny little blood vessels that go around the blockage, but 
even today, 15 years later, I, I exercise every day. But when I swim, when I stand up again, I go dizzy because I haven't got enough blood going to my head. Mm. So that's why you exercise. But in the process, so they said to me, well, they didn't say directly, but you're not supposed to live if you haven't got enough blood to go into that part of your brain because you're not supposed to live. Um, and pretty much the main reason I'm alive is because, so I came out of hospital, paid for my funeral, got rid of all the stuff out of my cupboards that I hadn't used in five years, gave a load of stuff to the uh, hospital I'd been at and joined a gym because I was juddering and shaking and walking with a Zimmer frame and I couldn't keep my, uh, I was speaking like that. It was just, um, I was in a very, very low state. And I met a guy in the spa at the gym uh, who was a head teacher in a primary school. He goes, oh, you shouldn't, because I talk to everyone, even when I can't talk. Uh, he goes, oh, you should be a a volunteer in, in primary schools there's not many men in primary schools i went okay fine i'll do that spent 14 years disproving the concept of ability but that's another podcast um then it went horribly wrong uh, ending up in my arrest for a crime which we can talk about another time um and i could no longer work uh, i was a volunteer so i volunteered for those 15 years but it meant I could no longer volunteer um and so I'd written this book about my experience that I wasn't going to publish but then a friend from school reconnected after like 25 years mm -hmm. and I just mentioned the book to him and he said oh my dad would read it because his dad was a teacher and I went oh okay so I sent the draft that was a pdf to him to his dad and his da his dad read the whole thing 10 days later on the phone oh yeah right okay we can go through line by and i sat down with him and he went through line by line and questioned and and i went wow well if someone's going to spend this much time i better publish it so mm -hmm. i thought how can i afford it was a it's not a book someone should read it's a book it's a spilling of my brain Mm -hmm. And at the end, I've just got uh, the last section is called a treatise on the evolution of human consciousness, mm -hmm. because children, especially those below seven, I would assert are a different species right. to adult humans. Yeah. Um, and the book is called Children are Spectacular. Why aren't more adults? Mm -hmm. And I postulate as to why that is the case um and so i joined some talented people uh web designers digital marketing because i'd met the owner while i was doing the volunteering in schools and i said to him oh i want to publish this book you need someone in sales he goes yeah so i joined to sell sold a few web pages a few things but my ambition is unencumbered by any notion of what people call reality. Mm. And I find so many people in business, small businesses, small entrepreneurs and owners, they um, are much more fearful 
than I am. Um, I think, I, I guess, basically having died and nearly died and all this, all these things I've gone on through my life, I relish the opportunity to get up and be different and break things. Exactly. What a journey. Like I am just blown away with what, like by whatever you just said, it's, it's, it's really amazing. And I, I really find that like it's, it was definitely not easy for you to handle, but then you handle it with so much bravery and, you know, uh, the way you are telling it right now is really inspiring for lots of people who are listening right now. Well, I hope so. I mean, obviously I can speak about it now like that. That's really inspiring, Jonathan. And I see that most people in the corporate world, they're stuck in their small kind of problem, their small thinking, and they are finding life very tough, right? They are making uh, very big issues out of every small thing. So what do you think? Uh, What is the biggest cause of the problem in people's lives today, especially the corporate people's lives? Um, So from a worker's perspective, Mm -hmm. um, it's it's the fear of their work stability um there's all sorts of emotions people so um something like 85 percent of people have anxiety about their work because it's the only reason they do it is because it pays the bills Mm -hmm. and so there's a condition called presenteeism Mm-hmm. Uh, which affects corporate life much more than small business, where people are there in body but not in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, from a corporate, so from a C suite, they have operated a legacy model mm-hmm. based on legacy education. And that says you bring in what you call talent and then you spin the cogs in the machine as fast as you can get them for as long as you can get them and that is how you maximize on profit and minimize costs and get um uh, productivity the problem is as covid revealed didn't create mm. everybody is yeah. struggling with something in mental with, with mental ill health and so c-suite leaders that think they can go back to like so in the uk an idiot member of parliament who speaks like a 18th century character for a dickens (laughs) novel said that uh, civil servants must go back to the office Mm. but if you're spending as i spent four hours a day traveling Mm-hmm. and all the expense and all the rest of it and you can do the job just as well from home mm-hmm. why on earth would you want to go back to the office so he's old thinking Le- most legacy businesses are old thinking they mm-hmm. don't fundamentally believe that their staff would work yeah. if they didn't watch them mm-hmm. and that lack of trust mm-hmm. shows up in the way that people are remunerated and um, get benefits, if any, from work. And there is a widening gap between C-suite and the actual workers on the on the factory floor, as it would be called. And so the main thing, the main problem to summarize is that fundamentally you need to have gender equity at C-suite level immediately so that you can have a balance of energies 
because if corporates try and carry on like they were, Mm-hmm. there'll be like yellow pages sales which mm-hmm. went from paying me to leave mm-hmm. to going bust with two billion pounds worth of debt in mm-hmm. two years mm-hmm. so c-suite leaders if you're listening to this yeah. and you're men you really want to start looking at the female talent pool because you do not have the mental and emotional capacity right. it's been conditioned out of you so it's not your fault, but if you're a man of a C-suite, so you're on the board, you're 50, 60, 70 years old, mm. then your thinking is out of date. And that is going to, if it doesn't hold your business back, will destroy it completely. Really uh, fundamental stuff that people need to understand and start practicing. Indeed. But it has to happen now. Yes, absolutely. Or else the business will go bust. Exactly. Yes. So Jonathan, uh, where can we find you? Like, how can we find more about your work? Um, right. So my my two causes are, um, well, no, one is a cause and, and one is a, is a mission. So there is a web. So people face online abuse and uh, misogyny and death threats and rape threats and all sorts of terrible terrible appalling things mm-hmm. um and up till now everyone has just internalized this so they they don't say to anyone they don't mention it to anyone um and quite often these have been women that have suffered uh there is a whole load of other people that suffer so rape sports people getting racist abuse blah, blah, blah. anyway i won't go into that too long so www dot social me too the words me too dot org is a place where you don't have to register leave us any email details anything at all you can go there we're building up stories at the moment so at the moment you can go there and you can leave your story you can include screenshots you can upload screenshots and get the toxicity out of your head and down somewhere out of your head, which is what the website is for. Wow. So socialme2.org is a place initially for people to share their stories. Mm-hmm. But then as I'm building uh, connections, it will become a resource for people to read stories and realize that they are not alone that's the cause the mission is yeah is www.potency p-o-t-e-n-c-y dot world and that is how i'm going to change the female representation across industry business uh politics and basically basically i'm going to change the world but we all think we are so you know and that's about female education changing great it's such a pleasure to have you and i really learned a lot from you today and i would definitely love to explore more the social media movement and definitely would love to leave my story there too brilliant thank you well i'll we'll speak again and um yes that would be much appreciated thank Thank you. you for having me thank you very much for your time jonathan cheers
So life is never going to be the same in one straight line. Change is the only constant and if you resist it, you are in a mess. So the sooner you learn to accept change, the better your life is going to be. That's it for this week. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know how you like this very interesting conversation with Jonathan McDonald. I'll see you next week. Love you guys and girls. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website authorhina.com for career training tools and resources. And don't forget to check out my latest book Secrets of the Six Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.